previously on Hey, I've Got an Idea Show. Palm trees. I don't know why, but we definitely need palm trees. I don't know if that's PC. And it's like, who is your makeup artist? You're just gonna, you're just gonna steal the McCree line? I don't know, man. I, I think that we can get people to poop on camera. Okay, sure, but, but when? You just put a blue filter over everything. Make it look like it's being shot under the sea. It's still not PC. I think it would be fine if they were covered in mice. I don't think that's ever fine. And now, the thrilling conclusion. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Hey, I've Got an Idea show. That there is my brother, Mason, uh, Mermaid's Tit, Williams. And that over there is my brother, Luke, Trailing Mermaid Poop Williams. Oh, God. Is this kind of like stuck? Yeah, you know, like you see that with fish, I assume, same thing. Just like when an airplane pulls, like, a message banner behind it? Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Anyway. We are in an invention podcast, and this is a two-part special. Holy shit. Part two, the thrilling conclusion. We're gonna nail down a reality show. Yeah, yeah. So we already went over a bunch of stuff with reality show previously, Mm -hmm. but... We didn't really come to any sort of satisfying conclusion. No. And if there's one thing we're all about here at Hey, I've Got an Idea Show, it's satisfying conclusions. That's for sure, of course, always. Here's the thing about reality shows. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about concepts and things that we liked, uh, and we didn't really narrow down like exactly what it is that we want. And I want to get there, but... First, I sort of want to talk about the nature of what it is you want to invent. Do you want to invent something debaucherous that makes uh, reality shows as a genre just as trashy? Or do you want to try and strive for something greater, make the world a better place? Well, see, here's my problem with both of those. Number one, trashy is already a thing. There are plenty of reality shows that are trashy. And there are porn, like, reality, maybe not reality shows that are broadcast on TV for obvious reasons, but I assure you they exist. Uh, and But then on the other side of the coin, uh, making the world a better place, like, we already explored that quite a bit. And I do think it's kind of hard, and we definitely don't want to be moralizing at people. Uh, and we can't just be like, oh, here's a reality show to end, you know, global warming. It's like... That's really not something within the scope of what we're what we're going to be able to accomplish. Yeah, it's not like you can confront major industries about reducing their their carbon footprint and make that like compatible with a uh, $100,000 prize pool and competition with, you know, like-minded people. Like Yeah, that's... and you might you might say, "Okay, well we'll go for some sort of 
societal good and be like, oh, I'm going to tolerate people that are different from myself by being exposed to different points of view. But again, that's something that's very common in reality shows is bringing together people from different walks of life. And I don't know about you, but I do not think that that encourages the discourse either. Hmm. Um, I want to bring up a particular show that okay. is not really a reality show, but came to mind when I was thinking about uh, basically just income inequality. Uh, okay. Because if there was, I, again, when, like when we did our game show and we had the stuffy adult that got shit on wearing his three-piece suit. Yeah. Um, that was a good app. Yeah, I feel like it's still kind of easy to shit on uh, wealthy people. Sure. Have you considered Undercover Boss? So, um, basically the... Okay, hang, hang on, hang on. I thought we weren't going to do anything X-rated. I don't want to be under the covers. Very good joke. Now, yeah. here's, here's what this basically, how this basically went down. Okay. The boss of, say, Pizza Pizza, which was an episode I watched, uh, okay. would be recognized in his regular... Uh, you know, suit. So they give him some frosted t tips and some colored contacts and, uh, you know, some very civilian garb. And they have him start out like on the factory line, making uh, making pizza dough to freeze to send to all the pizza pizza chains or whatever. And I'm gonna be honest. Even if I saw him in a suit, I would not recognize the CEO of Pizza Pizza. Yeah, but if you're within the company, yeah, you, okay, yeah, you know your factory might recognize anyway. So, uh, this this guy uh, in his new transform state gets a job, and he realizes just how taxing and hard this is. And then by the end, he learns a very important moral lesson, and they you know do their usual reality show editing and you know sensitive empathetic music and then by the end he's like i'm going to make sure that every person working on the line has has coupon for a free massage and oh you learned a valuable lesson blah 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 yeah. and it's schlocky and it's like oh man i wish my jerk ass boss would do that thing here's the problem though okay okay if if we look at how labor is for us, we would, of course, like more money for doing the tasks that we're doing. Uh, we feel under undervalued to some extent. It's a very common feeling. Many um, do. yeah. And uh, there isn't really like a swap position where like you could start managing the company or whatever. Yeah, you don't have like overcover boss where one of the factory line workers gets to be ceo for the day yeah i don't know how you could structure that without making it very risky for the state of the company now here's another thing um we acknowledge that as shitty as things are they don't get super bad here as as bad as like say sweatshops in in third world countries right sure so if we were to sort of put ourselves in the shoes of like one of these rich one percent people uh, who, uh, oh, they, they manage a company and would they have a rough time working the line with us or like doing the, you know, entry level position with us? Of course they would much in the same way that if we had to work a day in a sweatshop, we would be like, oh yeah, this is shittier than what I do day to day. Like, well, now here's, here's the thing. Everybody, especially, uh, in, in our civilization, in our culture, um, 
there's a large, large number of people who correctly or not think of themselves as middle class. That's why politicians are constantly pandering to the middle class, because most people think that they're middle class, because they see people above them, they see people below them, they assume, okay, I must be in the middle. Mm. Um, but, like, I, I think that, like, that's why shows like Undercover Boss exist and Overcover Boss does not exist, is because they're preaching to the choir. They're saying, hey, you know, people who have a workday job on a factory line, oh, you know, you're underappreciated, and your boss, if he had to do what you do, he agrees you should get a massage. It's like, that's that's pandering to uh, people who believe, correctly or incorrectly, that they are in some sort of majority. But, like, nobody would want to see the inverse of it. Nobody would want to see a middle-class person who goes to a sweatshop and has a shitty time, and then when they come back to you know their home, they go like, "Oh, well, I am. I have learned the lesson. I'm not gonna buy cheap consumer goods anymore. I'm gonna pay a hundred dollars for a sweater because that's what it's worth." And you'd be like, "Well, I I don't want to hear that message because that makes me uncomfortable. I would right. prefer to pay twenty dollars for a sweater." It's like, right. yeah, yeah, that is a very like that's one of those ethical uh things that's difficult to navigate in this capitalist world we live in because just like we look at the systemic uh problems that we face when uh you know oh all these corporate tax breaks and whatever if if you know uh, you know we shouldn't worry about shitting on these these big companies or whatever like as much as we think that it's kind of it's also kind of like that hundred dollar sweater analogy where it's like even if it is the more ethical thing systemically to pay a hundred dollars for a sweater i don't want to pay a hundred dollars for a sweater you know what i mean like it's it's i don't know if that's a fair comparison it's pretty much not yeah pretty much even if you're gonna say oh i'm only gonna buy you know consumer goods that have a label on them that say you know fair trade or whatever and they cost three times as much like you you don't know like yeah. on from your end you're just looking at two identical sweaters at fucking jc penny and yeah. you don't know who's done what i mean that label says fair trade but what the fuck does that mean what other human being am i inadvertently exploiting you like you don't know shit yeah it's there's so many things and systems that bring them to us that it's impossible to be educated enough to know like oh is it worth it for me to get this uh you know uh, banana that costs a dollar 50 more and like in, in many cases, uh, consumer goods are fungible and you don't know who's producing it. Like, let's say yeah. you want to support uh, gasoline that comes from, uh, you know, Alberta oil fields and not gasoline that comes from like overseas in Saudi Arabia because, you know, you have some moral objection to Saudi Arabia. You go to your shell station to fill up and you're like, hey, is this gasoline sourced from Alberta or is it sourced from Saudi Arabia? And the dude's like, I don't know. It's premium. Like, do you want premium? Would you like a car wash? Like, I don't know hmm. where the gasoline comes from because that's it's fungible. Petroleum is petroleum. There is no way for me to trace this. OK, I think I think this has sort of put me in the headspace to potentially invent something. Now, 
the traditional reality show format, at least as far as like survivors uh, uh, or Big Brother or whatever is concerned, is you have your 12 or 16 or however many contestants and they get willed away from episode to episode because somebody always gets kicked out or off or whatever. And, and also because let's face facts, like most viewers cannot keep track and cannot care about 16 people. Right. So as you, as you start to follow more, uh, more specifically the individuals as the season goes on, uh, yeah, yeah you, you get this like engagement thing. That's yeah. Okay. So capitalism sucks. Okay. And continues to wreck things uh societally sure what if it was a commune project okay where you get a bunch of these people together and they have to exist purely within with the resources that they have for themselves could you make that work okay are we talking from scratch like you gotta till the fucking soil well, I mean that's that's the that's the question, right? Because if you go that far back, unless they're like extreme survivalists, chances are that that's just a survivor sort of situation. And also like at a base level, that's going to be like you cannot have that as your show concept or at least not not right off the bat because if you want to show me farming my food, like what am I going to eat in the 8 months while I wait for this shit to sprout, you know? Okay, how about this? How about you take an Amish farm, which has the bones and the structures and the nearby farms and community to potentially work. Okay. And you kick that Amish family off. They have to go to vacation for the next month or whatever. All right. And you you take 16 strangers. Okay. And you put them in that house. Are these strangers that know anything whatsoever about farming? Well, then that that becomes the question, right? Like, who is the person that has the greenest thumb? Who is the more leadership type person? Who is the one who maybe has done some woodworking so could maybe help raise a barn or lead the barn raising? Or, you know, if you had people that knew nothing, it would probably be a disastrous failure. I'm sure they would salt the earth and ruin, (laughs) ruin the family farm. But if you had just enough little nuggets of information here and there, maybe the structure could actually form. Maybe maybe everybody can pick a file folder at the beginning where they can just get a crash course on a roll. Okay. But everybody has to pitch in together for the farm to actually be upkept. Is this that's something? Actually, well, see, that's actually something that I'm I'm concerned about is like... If we just boil it down to you got to be the best worker or we'll kick you off the farm, like what happens if somebody is sick or injured or they think that they're going to be good at something and it turns out they're not? It's like if we're just kicking off people who are bad at farming in the like one day that we've had to assess them being a farmer, it's like... Well, there's other roles too, right? Like there's the, the cooks that have to figure out how they're going to feed, like, 16 people because all of the stuff that they have to work with is, like, if it's just fucking flour, you know... Yeah, like, enjoy churning your butter. Yeah, yeah, if they have to do all that shit. And then maybe there is somebody who takes the buggy into town 
and and works with the family's budget to figure out uh, you know what they can actually afford and how they can make it work and if that's a purchasing person who maybe has like experience with being a purchasing manager or something but now they have a budget of like I have to feed this whole family for a week on 30 bucks like how you know like oh is this something uh how about how about this uh two groups and we're we're just basically doing the uh, the thing where it's like facing off against each right, other, right? Like eight, eight versus eight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, one group is fully socialist. You don't have possessions. You you know from each to according to his abilities. You you work for the good of the commune, and like you you get what you get. And then the other group is fully libertarian. And it's sort of agreed that you're not going to do shit unless you bargain for it with other people and you know you're getting an equivalent exchange back or better. And then we just compare the uh, the two groups. And it's like, okay, so this one group, like maybe you're not motivated because you know regardless of how much you work, you still get to eat. And then on the other side, it's like, yeah, but we're not going to help you if you fuck up. And mm. then we'll just see which side votes more people off or, or gets shittier or what. Here, here's another uh, another prospect for how that would go, too. Okay. Let's say it's, you know, eight versus eight. They have some challenges uh, uh-huh. every week where, uh, okay, you didn't, just survivor style, like you didn't, you didn't win the challenge, so now uh, you're team is going to have to kick somebody off tonight right yeah and so let's say each of them take out two so they're now six versus six okay right then the twist one person from each side switches oh shit and so now you've got a socialist in with the libertarians and you got a libertarian in with the socialists and does that bring perspective and help things balance out well, now, he, or is there just a question. rogue asshole that wrecks here's the question. system that's already when we, there. When we bring these people in, we say, you're on the libertarian side, you're on the socialist side. Are these people who already have espoused these beliefs? Or are they just being told, hey, you're on the libertarian team, this is how you have to act? Like, are we specifically going out and finding people who previously have been very vocal about li- being libertarian? Or are we just bringing in fucking normal people and telling them that they have to act libertarian? Hmm. Man, I can see I can see particular like episodes of like things that are a good little shake up too. Like let's say you get to about the halfway point and there's uh there's like doubt sown among the the ranks and suddenly like the the team isn't working very well together or whatever. And then you have this like crash course episode where you take one from each side and they like go out on a lunch date with some like old school Amish farm dad who's right. like just going to give them advice on how this system is going to work because it I has... assumed he's just chaperoning them so they don't fuck. <laughs> I mean I he could take his views in that direction. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's also a camera crew there that everyone is studiously avoiding. It's like, oh, I can't look at the like half dozen people that are pointing cameras at me. I can't acknowledge them in any way. Right. But 
Also, uh, points for uh, the hottest reality show on television, uh, the making sure they don't fuck segment. Uh, I'm sure they, the Hollywood will eat that right up. Well, I mean, okay, here's the thing is we've got this one structure of the reality show of, oh, can you make a farm run? But I think we have like a subplot or possibly a sub incentive that on top of that and not getting voted off the island for being a bad farmer, there's also like a cash prize if you can like hook up. Maybe. I don't because mind if there being like bonus shows challenges. Are also very popular. Well, sometimes stuff like that can happen. And, you know, like, I remember there were hookups on Survivor and, like, marriage proposals and shit. And it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm sure it's good for ratings. Um, here's another thought. Hit me. Okay. If you have all these different types of people from different walks of life that are getting thrown into this, and certain people come from certain backgrounds and they sort of bring that in, if there was a way that you could sort of neutralize that and somehow incentivize sort of secrecy of what their skill set actually is oh my god okay so you you want to make things more difficult you want to throw a monkey wrench in there um mm-hmm. uh, everyone who shows up none of them speak the same language holy shit so like they don't know oh. ahead of time they're just like oh yeah i'm gonna be a part of this burger king kids club of people of different races sure whatever and then you bring him in there and he's like oh hi i'm here to farm carrots and the other guy is like speaking hindi and you're like what yeah. the fuck it's plausible i the difficulty in constructing that show would be finding 16 people of different languages that don't speak like a lick of English or whatever. Yeah, that's the problem. I guess, is like a I lot guess of it's people only... around the world have English as a second language. Yeah. Right. And also it's like 8 versus 8, so really you only need to have 8 different languages. Yeah. Uh here's another thing too. Uh again, a neutralizer, just a thought. Um if you had the secrecy incentivized that that like you didn't know what uh what role they actually were as they're coming in it would be especially satisfying to see like oh the the one who was going to try and take leadership got voted out but they were a ceo in real life and their leadership didn't mean shit on the farm and instead you know he he cleaned up the pig pen until he got voted out because he was such an asshole like that would be satisfying I, I would dispute the idea that being a big business CEO in the business world translates to also having leadership skills on an eight-person farm. Like, I, th- I think that's two different kinds of leadership. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like how getting elected president is a different skill set from leading a country. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's, and that's, that's the case for any democracy. Winning an election is not the same thing as being good at fulfilling the role that you just won the election for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we're going to want to have a very organized system of getting to and using uh, the pump very well. The pump, you say? Yeah. Because if that's where people are getting their water from... Well, I mean, if you go to the pump just to hang out and, like, talk about stuff, like, that might be where you do your confessionals and stuff and be like, hey, 
real talk, we're at the pump. Yeah, so how you feel? So the talking, the talking head segment happens at the pump. I really, I really have to take a piss, so we're going there now. Okay, well, don't piss in the pump. <laughs> Elsewhere, motherfucker, don't contaminate our drinking water. You piece of shit. Hello, dear listeners. This is Luke coming to you again at the water cooler segment. It's a little segment where we might have an ad, but mostly it's just a reminder of what Mason and I are up to and how you can contribute to this podcast if you would like. We're always looking for suggestions for new ideas of what to invent. Please submit your thoughts of what we should invent to the email show at gmail.com or tweet at show. Mason does a bunch of cool webcomics at patreon.com slash tailstake. I've actually made some headway on this other podcast that uh, I really want to uh, do a, an episode probably just around the new year. I think around the new year. Um, as well as a bunch of other music stuff and whatever. Believe me, you'll be the first to know about it. There's no ad this week, so here is the rest of our reality show. Okay, so you know what the kids are into these days? What are the kids into? Lovecraftian horror. Are they? They love it. They love that shit. Uh, do they? Very much so. Did you catch the name of Lovecraft's cat? Uh, yeah. I'm I'm familiar with his xenophobia, and I would argue... That it was his greatest strength because he translated that xenophobia of other people into a xenophobia of tentacle monsters from beyond the stars. It's basically wow, wow. his racism applied to its logical endpoint where you fear literal monsters. Hmm. That's a very interesting hot take. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, Lovecraft, we would not have his mythos without his racism. Uh anyway, anyway. Um Lovecraftian horror, uh, Cthulhu and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, what we do is we have our, our farming reality show, mm-hmm. and people are farming their shit, but yeah. secretly, we start, like, having hints and lore of, like, eldritch mystery going on. What? Okay. And then we start, like, having the crew fuck with their crops, and, like break things and whatnot and they don't know what's going on they're like oh i bet this was sabotaged by someone else and and no no as it goes on we just make them more and more paranoid hmm and maybe just dose them with a little tiny bit of lsd well microdosing lsd gets a very different result you mean just a little bit in the sense that, like, one person is on LSD? <laughs> like, one one person and just dosing that one person, that is very good. But no, I was saying, like, we'll just, we'll just fuck with them just a touch on the psychopharmaceutical level mm. as they're trying to do their oh, shit. Oh, like, literally put something in the drinking water. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. I don't know if we can get them to sign off on that. They also signed a waiver. They it. knew what they were in for. Oh God! You may or may not be drugged during the during the filming of this reality show. Look, we've discussed this. As long as you get people to sign a waiver, anything you do to them is legal. Oh, you know what would be a great part of the segment where there might be like really full blown paranoia is uh-huh. them also taking that moment to break the fourth wall and then mm-hmm. leaving that in. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they're actually like yelling at the camera person is like you think this is funny yeah and then like that's the way that it's actually filmed that like 
they're actually losing their shit. Oh, and then, oh, <laughs> what if you did, what if you didn't uh, have it take the normal direction of, oh, this is, we're just doing this to pump it full of drama and, oh, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, and instead, uh, like, that person just keeps getting more and more aware of their situation until they're dragged off by men in sunglasses, <laughs> and then, you know, the the Jeff Probst comes forward to like announce the the uh, event for tonight and it's like well we won't need to eliminate someone tonight <laughs> uh i would love if the form of a reality show slowly turned into something completely format breaking by the end yeah and and like you're constantly messing with them like there'll be like a painting on the wall and whenever they're not in the room, you're swapping it out for a completely different painting. And, like, uh, one character will go missing. And then the next day, oh, hey, good news. We've got all this ground pork. Oh, oh shit. That's good, too. Like, or, like, the- somebody plants all of their, their painstakingly plant their rows and rows of carrots. And then in the middle of the night, you get a crew stealth. They come in, they dig them all up, and they replant them exactly in place, like five feet to the left. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. Like, now we're talking about two different ideas. They could exist in the same space. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the base concept is we have what looks like one kind of reality show, and instead we are gradually driving a small group of human beings insane. Yeah. What? Okay. Here, here's, I guess, the dissonance that I'm feeling right now. Okay. The, the initial idea was me trying to actually drive home a, like, you know, communism ain't so bad philosophy of, like, oh, we all got to work together and what happens when you do have to live, like, like Amish people, even if it's completely different. Are from you what under the impression to. that the Amish are communists? I know they're not communists. You, you, more specifically, I know that they share a lot of the workload within their community, and yeah, okay. in in that sense, they are similar. Um, yeah, because living in a commune is not the same thing as being a communist. Yes, having of a course. community and doing things communally. Yes, of course. But here's the thing. Right. The dissonance I'm feeling is that that was the like nice message I was thinking of. And like maybe that super capitalist uh, uh, guy actually gets transformed a bit from his experience. And when he goes back into the real world, he realizes, hey, maybe the bottom line is not as important as looking out for your fellow person. And then the new spin that you've put on it with the messing with them as time goes on is sort of undermines literally any message that you try to have to show. yeah pretty much uh but like i really love the idea too of this there's always this sort of uh omni omnipresent and omnipotent force from the reality show directors right that like no matter what happens it's going to get caught on camera. It's going to be like the real thing that you're capturing, no matter how you mess with them or fake 
uh, instigate something, uh, you know, that's that's going to be what they're going to show you. So that becomes what's real uh, like that is always sort of there. So for that to go to an even more conspiratorial, uh, you know, endpoint for it to, to graduate to something more extreme. I'm very curious about that, too. But it's it also is like a psychological horror experiment. Like how it, far it, can you push it, it someone? Is. Yeah, it's basically gaslighting the show. <sighs> so okay, let's 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 leave the a pin in that. Well, first of all, let's give it a, some kind of title, uh, and then let's pivot to something new. Uh, uh, so farm well, horror I mean, farm. I mean, it's, it's it's Lovecraft. Scary but it's farm. also farming. So you love the craft of farming. Love farm. Farm a love. For love farm. Okay. I that's, love love farm. That's that's the love farm. That's the love farm. Let's let's start from scratch. What's something else we want to do? Okay, so undercover boss. Yeah. And but secretly, everyone is a boss. So so you've got like twelve guys. They're all high-power CEOs who are used to giving high-level orders. And instead you say, oh, we're going to make you all work, you know, on this small company in this small factory floor. And each of them are secretly, like, a CEO. But they're all trying not to let on to everyone else. But everyone else is also a CEO. I kind of don't hate that. I like the idea of... Well, remember the thing we talked about in the last episode of uh, that Tumblr post of like, but actually everyone, everyone is straight. straight. Um, I love the idea of the premise of a show actually being that all of the contestants are lied to on day one. Yeah, like everyone is the mole. Yeah. Yeah. The tricky part for that becomes being making that an uh, a economical show to produce like yeah and it's hard to have a second season also that uh but then i guess you could just completely give it a new topic a new face paint a, a yeah. new brand and always work under like new uh new fake names and whatever okay but no here's here's the thing right if you're filming uh, if you're filming your reality show and you do like for example those talking head segments yeah. where uh, it happens after the competition has taken place, but they speak about it as though it's present tense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you can intersplice in the edit. Well, it's not like they're going to be like, well, this is where we're going to do the talking head, head segment with just you. Everybody else go somewhere else. And that, like, you would do them all at once. Uh-huh. But how are you supposed to do, for example, a talking head segment where every single person thinks they're the focus of the entire show and not accidentally see the person who you thought was low-level worker, but, you know, they do their talking head segment right after you. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it becomes very difficult to keep well, it a well, secret. Well, you just fake it like, oh, I got diarrhea. 
Sure. Everybody, you, the director tells them, okay, when you're leaving this room, you got to keep up the guys like you're not a boss and doing a talking hag segment. So just say yeah. And, <laughs> so and then it's they're just, just the room. Like, wow, what are they feeding us? Jesus. <laughs> okay, now let's think of a way that everybody could be secretly not the star of the show on a reality show and what we would want that to be what would we want that to look like do we want to incorporate a dating element (laughs) i mean now you're just reminding me of that uh that gay tumblr post one again (laughs) like everybody's trying to hook up to prove how straight they are or to convince yeah you know what i mean yeah uh hmm <laughs> dating element what if it was like the bachelor but okay okay oh, oh, okay here, here, how about wait. this how about this okay this? go ahead okay you've got all these sexy singles and it's like, hey, you got to hook up with your fellow sexy singles and have a fun, sexy time. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. But then there's one person who's secretly married and they're monogamous. And what you're doing is going to get recorded. So make sure that you don't cheat on your spouse on camera. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you can't get found out that you're secretly married. So you got to flirt as much as possible, but not actually cross the line. Because don't mm. let on that you're married. Mm. That's just... Oh, God. I was going to say that's too real. And then I remembered we're making a reality show. <laughs> but, like, that's the life that a lot of people live, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people are in a situation like that where they would love to flirt more but can't. Okay. How about just like a real world type thing where you get people from different backgrounds and you put them in a house, but you tell everybody that they got to come up with a fake background for themselves. So uh, like one person has got to be like, oh, I'm secretly, uh, you know, I- I'm an Amish teen and I'm on Rumspringa and they're they're not, but they got to fake it. And another person is like, oh, I'm actually a K-pop star. And if you Google me, you'll find my my music videos, but don't because they're all in Korea and you can't understand them. And right. the, like another person is like, oh, I'm a, a CEO. I'm actually very rich. And everybody, they got to play this character that they themselves have come up with, but not let on that they are completely not that person. So basically, it's an acting exercise of yes. a reality show. Yes. Like, you need to try and keep up this role. I actually just heard a story that was very much like that of somebody had a college experience where they were able to do this. uh, They were a black person where their dad was, like, from Africa, but they were raised, like, in New York or whatever. So, like, they didn't have an African accent, but they could put on a convincing African accent. So they thought it would be fun to just introduce themselves at this college, uh, you know, f- with the African accent, and they didn't realize... Now you so, gotta then, do it for the rest of the semester, yeah. Right, so in order to justify 
having the African accent, it turned into like had to be like straight off the boat African, and therefore they you know had just uh, a little bit more of the style that uh, you know uh, and the mannerisms or whatever else. Uh-huh. And then it wasn't until like the end of the first semester that you know he pulled them one by one aside and was like, "Yeah, so this is this is my real voice." <laughs> I I was I was messing with all of you. Anyway, um, as an acting challenge, that would be interesting because I would love to see uh, who is actually cut out for it, and then the person who actually makes it the entire way through and gets to the end of the series is like the winner of whatever bullshit uh, reality show that is, or like whatever the games are, or whatever. Like, they would probably get picked up for some movie deals or TV show or something, right? Because, like, they prove they're, like, a decent method actor. Now, here's the problem. Is if you have a secret, as soon as at least one other people, at least one other person has their secret revealed, then you're going to suspect that everybody has a secret. Hmm, I suppose so. Okay, one more idea. Oh, hit me. What about Gay Bachelor? I'm, so I'm sorry? Gay Bachelor. Gay Bachelor, okay. So it's one male bachelor trying uh-huh. to court however many men. Right. But then here's the twist. Okay. All of them think that they're the bachelor. <laughs> they all think that they're all the bachelor. So instead of having the isolated <coughs> the isolated scenes of like the host introducing one as the suitor uh from day 1 it's it's like one of you is going to inherit the money if you're the last two. I don't know how would this work. The two uh... the two cutest the two that are the cutest couple wins it's, it's all the money. It's basically musical chairs. Like, everybody hook up with everybody else. Oh, you didn't have a partner by the end of the week. You're you're off the island. Okay, now everybody hook up with a different person. The, the imagery that sticks of playing musical chairs on Gay Bachelor is that if you're out of chairs and you accidentally sit on the lap of someone else oh it's not an accident is that are you winning then or all right anyway uh okay gay gay bachelor is stupid yeah it's very dumb well i mean that must be part of the challenge of that series i mean well i mean this is there's why a you lot can't of have gay bachelors because if you just have one person and then everyone else is vying for their affections it doesn't work if you could also just hook up with a fellow contestant. Yeah, I mean, that that actually happened on... I, I don't remember if it was, like... Uh, it was yeah, there was an, two, an two Asian... women that hooked up and got married. Yeah, 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 yeah. That That's real cool. I uh, mean, it's cool, but it also fucks with the format of the show. I mean, I suppose. Who cares, right? Like, if that's something that gets your viral video clip spread, oh, then granted. what the fuck do they care? God, I don't know. I mean, you can't tell that narrative effectively enough, right? Like, if that's not the focus of your show, nobody is going to feel the heat. 
of the two contestants hooking up on the yeah. side. We we need to get that heat. Although I didn't watch the full season of whatever the fuck Asian Bachelorette Bachelor. I, I have not was. watched any of this shit. I am pulling all of it out of my ass. Yeah, I know. That's I mean, should we be more informed on this shitty shitty medium in order uh, to no. better represent it? Like No, I, I, I absolutely think this is one of the cases where research would actually hinder us because we want to have fresh takes, ideas that have not been seen, and I don't want to be influenced by, like, the amazing race. Like, yeah. And fresh also, takes. holy shit, I don't want to watch a bunch of reality TV show. This is not oh, my uh, my entertainment of choice. Yeah, and mine, mine and neither. Okay, one more thing that I want okay. to talk about that I think kind of was a version of this that was an entertainment of choice for you and I. Okay. Remember when Penny Arcade did that... Uh, that reality show for yes. the, strip the webcomic that artist? So strip Search. That was what it was called. Very good name. Strip Search. Um, so for anybody who might not know, uh, Penny Arcade, back when they were more focused on their video content, uh, basically did a reality show with Loading Ready Run, where all these webcomic artists that uh, were decently on their way, uh, but wanted to... Uh, potentially get an opportunity to have a huge leg up. I, I mean, I think it was money, but also exposure within the Penny Arcade brand or something like that. Um, anyway, to to really launch the webcomic even further and potentially get more deals and stuff. And people that were on it are now doing significantly better on their own right, too. Like, they got business counseling from Robert Koo at the time, and, like, Erica Moen, for example, is now thriving. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that was that's an actual example of a reality show that was mostly pretty positive from what I understand. Okay, okay, here's my here's my thought. It's a little more independent than that. Okay. You get a dozen people mm -hmm. and you say, "Okay, you cannot use any of your existing prior art. You cannot use any of your existing prior name recognition. You have to do this under a pseudonym." Okay. You can do whatever kind of media you want on the internet. Whether that's comics or making YouTube videos or putting out a podcast where you invent things, whatever. And then you set up a Patreon for it. And then at the end of the month, whoever has the highest Patreon, they get the money from everyone else's Patreon. Hmm. So you can do whatever. Like, you can make art, you can make music, whatever... Put it on the internet. The only rule is it's got to be a completely new identity, so you can't use any of your prior stuff. You can't call up your friends and family and tell them to pledge for you. You can't, like, you you got to make up a fake name that you've never used before on the internet. And just at the end of the month, who's got the highest pledge total on their Patreon for whatever the fuck they're making? I got to admit, there's, there's two things that, sort of two branches of this that occur to me. Okay. Um... One is there was an episode of Kenny versus Spenny where they it, it was who could make the more viral hit uh, okay. of of a YouTube video and basically they just had starting from scratch YouTube videos. Uh, it was at the end of a twenty four hour cycle who who could accumulate more views just based on what the content of the video actually was. Okay. Um. So it had nothing to do with their actual reach. That's one thing that I thought about. All right, the other thing that I'm thinking about, too, is what if you were to take 
uh, for example, someone like Travis McElroy, who okay. has a bunch of podcasts that he's on and is in a position where there's so much crossover promotion that they all sort of support each other. You know, people want to support his work and listen to his work. Essentially, anything that he releases with his face and name on it is going to do pretty okay because it will be effectively cross-promoted and people will seek him out. Yeah, we're going to be getting him on the show, right? Like next episode, uh, he's going to sure. be guest. Maybe not next episode, but but uh, uh, more on that later. Okay. Uh, uh, truthfully, though, if he had to start from scratch, if he was not allowed to use his own uh, his own brand, yeah, can't use your name, can't use your face, can't use your distinctive voice. If yeah. you're doing everything, you got to do it with a mask on or like an animated you gotta, thing, like the, you're the gorillas or whatever. You gotta you gotta use another another uh another person's voice or something um how well would they do and how humbling would that be where the level of success is completely shifted right like you don't get to use the leverage uh starting from scratch what is that for you for that person anyway this is not a reality show um could uh, the, the thing that i don't like is the one person gets to steal all the Patreon of everybody else. That seems okay, like a okay. very like, vicious maybe, ending. Maybe not they get to steal it, but like they win. So maybe they get a bunch of extra money or something. I'm just saying there has to be some incentive. When when you get to the end, your Patreon total is the highest. You got the most from people. So now you get a bunch of extra money. I or suppose maybe you, you get to donate it to your charity of choice because at this point you're rolling in it anyway. I suppose the thing that seems the most disconnected from that is that what you're essentially saying towards the end of the contest is this is the winner, but in I feel like it would feel a little more like you get to the end of the contest and you're like, this person wound up having the most recognition of their own merit. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> You know, like, it doesn't seem like winning a jackpot. And I know that, like, celebrity versions of reality shows, it's always for charity. But, I don't know, there still feels like there's a winner. Whereas, this person had the highest number of people that would support them based on their starting from scratch. So, isn't that interesting? Like, it doesn't feel like they won. Okay, like, maybe every so often we take whoever is, you know, behind, whoever is the lowest... And, well, now you're an employee of one of these other people. There's another thing, too, is that, like, the serialization of the contest doesn't seem like it would work, right? You can't, like, narrow the number of people down mm-hmm. if it was all just for the Kickstarter ground total, essentially. Like, you only get one shot at that Kickstarter thing. Yeah, that's why I said Patreon. Because Kickstarter is oh, Patreon. what it right, right. Patreon is regular. Sorry, I, I don't know why I conflated those in my head. I know the difference. Well, but... I mean, the crowdfunding is very similar. Yeah. And they got different other shit, like there's Drip and there's coffee and... Yeah. I would be interested to see any sort of Patreon-themed reality show. The tragedy is that it's just kind of the reality for people that they yeah. need to crowdfund. Um, and, you know, no no discredit to those that do that. It's just, it doesn't seem as... Uh, dramatic. Uh, what am I trying to say here? It doesn't seem as uh, as theatrical for a reality show. 
but maybe it would be because okay okay if you can't have any name recognition say you're say you're joey fatone i am or uh and you're joey fatone and i'm uh bob saget and we are going to do uh some sort of reality competition and at the end uh we don't get to use our name but by simply the skill of of what we've created or what we've done or or whatever we have to turn to the internet and be like hey uh patreon support me more than that guy sure would that be would that be engaging television well i mean the problem here is a lot of the stuff you're going to be doing is going to be online and it always feels kind of dumb when you're watching you know a reality show or any kind of show and most of what you're seeing is on another screen hmm yeah i guess so did i ever tell you my idea for like if i was to do a kickstarter for something completely stupid what it would be like this is kind of in the vein of like the potato salad uh, guy hit me. hit me the idea would be essentially to raise a whole bunch of money so i could take a picture of myself all over the world in front of famous towers pretending that the towers are my dick <laughs> and then at the higher levels of support you get like a nice photo up photo book okay okay so it's just like i want to travel around the world but there's a twist <laughs> It's not very good, but it's also like I could see someone doing that and funding, you yeah. know? Anyway, that's not a reality show. No, it's not. Okay, but what's like we kind of have like this 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 model of who races the most on Patreon without their famous name. We've kind of got a blank slate with that in that we don't have the actual content of what it is they're doing. And maybe that's kind of up to them. Yeah, because, like, if it is Bob Saget, like, he doesn't necessarily have to do comedy. Like, he could say, you know what, I'm Bob Saget, but for my thing, I'm going to be going under the name of, uh, you know, Young Prolapse, and I'm going to do rap. And it's like, okay, we'll see how well Bob Saget can rap. And meanwhile, Joey Fatone is like, well, uh, I got a musical background, but for my thing, uh, I'm actually going to start cross-stitching. Oh, I thought it was going to be a full swap. Okay, but cross-stitching, like how much... Okay, so basically, all of them got to pick something completely different from what they're famous for. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do we call that? Um, new leaf. Because you're turning over a new leaf and you're trying to do a new thing. I was I was thinking something kind of like unfamous or ooh unfamous is a good uh is a good thing yeah okay or fameless <gasps> fameless sounds good fameless fameless kind of sounds like shameless right like yeah 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 so so everybody is a celebrity of some sort but they're not allowed to use their own name or face or do the thing that they're famous for and, like, just see how much attention you can get if you're starting from scratch and trying to set yourself up as a completely different sort of celebrity entity. There's one more competition that I would like to see. Okay. And that's between Fameless and The Love Farm. Ooh, okay, okay. Well, I mean, two episodes... 
Uh, but we got two concepts. So now let's vote. Would you rather watch, you know, a full season of Fameless or The Love Farm? That's right. The verdict will be up on our Twitter at H-I-G-A-I show. You got a week from when this episode launches to, to help determine which one of these two is even better. And hey, if you liked parts of it or want to flesh it out a little bit yourself, feel free to just shoot a comment as well. I'm not going to turn that down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as usual, you can also suggest a new topic for us to invent at that sure. same Twitter or shoot an email at show at gmail.com. Also, we've got another suggestion kicking yeah. around for what we're going to do next week. Reality show concluded for now. Mm-hmm. Mason. Yes. What is our suggestion for next week? Well, I got a suggestion here from Kev. Oh, yeah? She's great. Um, She felt Mm -hmm. that when we did our episode for Vegetable, Mm -hmm. that that was not really an episode about a vegetable, so she wants us to do Vegetable. (laughs) Okay. I think think next week we will invent actual vegetable and i will title it i will title it actual vegetable okay now mason are you prepared to actually invent a vegetable for next week i think i am luke all right well i will see you there and you can always tell the quality of a person on the in CC. What? Quality I'm trying to of like a person. What the fuck? I'm, are you I'm trying. To, I'm trying to. Okay, I didn't execute well on that. I'm trying to do a thing where I, I slip NCC into conversation and and. But, but yeah, no. The problem is their quality of a person. It sounds like you're testing people to see who we keep and who we like genocide. Like that. That's not. All right. Okay. You don't judge the quality of a book. By its cover, it's mm-hmm. what's on the in CC. I'll take it. And until next week, dear listeners, thumbs up monorail eggplant. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Yep. 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 Yep.